this is why I have so much fun reading these kinds of stories. So hit us up because like we love those ideas. And also if, you know, if Riot is listening to this, you know, if you do want to steal that for an expansion, all that I ask is that I get to be an NPC that gets eaten by Evelyn. All right. That's all I'm asking. All right. All right. I want to see I want to see Evelyn eat Hetch. All right? I want on the record that Necrit is not only in a game, he's in the book <laughs> as a major character, and Hetch only wants to be eaten by Evelyn as an NPC. I don't even need voice lines, man. <laughs> like... other host hedge what's going on everybody i'm i'm ready to keep talking about some mommies that i want to step on me don't don't ruin this one as well (laughs) if you listen to our last evelyn episode i'm sorry (laughs) for hedge's behavior i'm not (laughs) i'm done apologizing This is who I am. It's not a, it's not a stage, mom. It's not a face. <laughs> you can listen to us everywhere. <laughs> you can reach us at podcastcore at gmail.com. You can visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then follow us on any platform or all the platforms that would help us with discoverability. Uh, and then leave a like, comment, short review. The easiest way, the reason we are where we're at is because of word of mouth. So tell a friend to fear happiness by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just embrace the fear. <laughs> you don't have to fear happiness if you embrace the fear. What if the fear makes me happy? Hmm? Have you considered that, Ryan? So we're continuing. I'm just going to start ignoring him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't mind. It's like, wait, why am I muted? <laughs> so today we're talking about her story, The Tallest Daisy, um, where we get to follow Evelyn on a hunt. And it kind of, it's going to expand on everything we told you because that that original episode, like we mentioned, is more of like an encyclopedia entry rather than the standard bio where we get a little more meat on the bones. So we know what Evelyn is. Let's see her in action. Um, and this story starts off with Evelyn in her demon wisp, we're going to call it that, uh, form, kind of moving through the shadows of this town, looking for her dinner for the night. And it's a festive night in this town, so there's many people, you know, running around, drinking, talking, laughing, they're feasting and partying, it's a good old time. Uh, but this is causing an issue for Evelyn, uh, more so because she hasn't fed in a very long time, and she needs a satisfying meal to make up for that lost time. She's, she's essentially starving at this point, um, which is a reference to our title for our previous episode. Right. And as far as like with this starvation, part of the reason that a festival is bad, because if you think of it just off of the primal sense of a hunter finding prey, there's plenty of prey with a bunch of drunks. Um, But for Evelyn, it's about having people at their highest highs being brought down to the lowest lows. So this is a bad time for her, because um, if you have a lot of 
mind-altering substances in your body, you don't really have any control over your emotions. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, hey, I don't need you addled. I, I want you feeling all of it. I need you to be in pain. <laughs> I want the yeah. pain. Her uh, definition of quality control is different. <laughs> very different. I don't know if the FDA would approve. <laughs> so, you know, she comes across her first prospect, which is a drunk man. And he's laying in the gutter and he's still holding the damn bottle of wine. Um, but he's passed out cold and she's desperate, right? So she's thinking about it. She's like, okay, if I can just get his attention, uh, I can make this work. Uh, and that's until a damn roach crawls across his face and he doesn't flinch or move. And she's as disgusted as we would be. <laughs> and that's when we learned the part about her feeding process where she's kind of refined her palate over time and her victims need to be aware. Uh, aware. And due to him being extremely drunk, He's not going to be able to have the senses that she needs to feed on. So the effort she would put into, you know, waking him up, getting him out of town, getting him all riled up is a lot more than the substance or sustenance she's going to get from feeding on him. It becomes like a light snack that she's working overtime to make. Right. Right. And I, and also, like, you're not going to eat in an establishment if you see roaches all around <laughs> it. Like. Look, there's only one establishment in the U.S. that gets that pass, and that's Waffle House. Yeah, I'll just have to say it. <laughs> like, and, and Evelyn's looking at it going, do I want Waffle House today? <laughs> and she decides no, so we move on to our next victim. <laughs> and as you know, many wise people in Atlanta say, you don't go to Waffle House. You end up there. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so this takes us to... Uh, the concept of the title, which is, you know, the tallest daisy, or sorry, not the tallest daisy, we're not there yet. Um, but she continues the search first. So she's like, okay, this guy doesn't work. The next prospect she comes across is this plump woman stumbling out of a tavern, which is a great scene, right? Listen, we don't, there, there's no uh, genderizing here. Women too can have a good time partying. And she comes out, just drunk off her ass, still eating a turkey leg and just scarfing it down. And I love how Evelyn's, um, her analysis of this person, because all these people, like she's not human. Remember this, okay? She's a demon. So she's looking at this food, uh, which is the woman to her. And she's like, I can compromise once again, right? She's thinking about it again. There's no roach. But then she decides that this woman has a self-destructive nature, and this will affect the feeding process. So to, according to her, she's like, this will ruin the meal because she's already destroying herself. Me destroying her is going to do nothing. <laughs> uh, like, Evelyn's, Evelyn's look, like, just gazing into this person, like, and just kind of breaking down the pros and cons of treating this woman as her meal. Yeah. Like it, I would love to have that woman as a card in room Terra. <laughs> like she could be like a Bilgewater character with like a bottle of rum in one hand and the Turkey leg in the other. It would like have like tough or something like yeah. to represent like, just like the resistance. To she the creates a token that is a Turkey leg. <laughs> oh god it's like you could have you could have like the next character that you play like fights the turkey leg and gains its stats <laughs> you're welcome riot 
So after this, she kind of goes into like an internal monologue where she thinks about, or we get more of an insight into her thought process, where she thinks about these people like flowers, right? And her goal is not to pluck, you know, she wants to pluck the flower and that's where she gets the exhalation. But she doesn't want to pluck a rotted, dying daisy. She wants the tallest daisy. The one that's fresh from bloom, that's at the peak, at its high, so that she can pluck it from the ground, killing it. Uh, and that's where she gets her pleasure. So that's where we get the analogy. So during this kind of internal monologue, she's starting to come, come to the realization that she thinks she fucked up as a predator and chose a terrible hunting ground. Right, she's not in the right element to get the result she wants. She's trying to force it, right? And, and at this point, she thinks she's an expert in what she does. Um, and the cards that we've referenced consider that there's other lesser demons now that kind of report to her. So it, it, it's like a shot at her as far as being uh, at an intermediate level <laughs> to be falling prey to such a, a shitty situation because she's starving. Um, and then. Her luck turns around completely, 180, as this gentlemanly man walks out of a high-end bar, and he's sober. He's sober, he's happy, he's fucking carrying a bouquet of flowers. (laughs) And he's humming a jaunty tune. And all I can think in my mind is like, run, you fool, run! This, uh, like, the moment, the moment that, like, Evelyn starts to describe, like, seeing this man and how, like, excited that she is, the more that it's, like, a really bad and super campy horror film of just, like, they introduce this character to you and it's, like, you know 10 seconds into the character hitting the screen, this dude's dead. Like, like, that is, that is like, I've just summed up like two paragraphs for everyone. Like, that's the description of this guy. He's gonna die. Yeah, and this is the most feral we've seen Evelyn, like even in our last episode, because her lashers, which you're familiar with from the game, they redesigned them, uh, but it's these two lashers that come out of her back. They're even responding to all the stimuli, right? They're like flickering in the wind, almost like a um, like a viper tasting the wind while a prey is close, right? Uh, right? That kind of response as a predator would have. So she's like, I'm gonna follow him to the point where she says he's walking for like an hour and she's just following him, making sure not to lose him because this is her only savior for this night and she needs this meal at this point. So she follows him home where he's greeted by his wife and his two young children. And this is where it gets real. <laughs> Cause we're just in this town with the, you know, it's a party night, everyone's getting drunk, whatever. Yeah, she's hunting people, but it's the city. It happens all the time. But now we're out in the countryside, nice manner. This guy has a family. It's a domestic situation. And lo and behold, this just gets her hotter. Um, because this now fits her interest because based on her previous experience, she knows what's deep down inside this man, exactly what he's looking for. And that's a deviation from the mundane. Exactly. And I mean, and and this is like combined with the fact of how hungry she is, you know, it's like hunger is the best spice, but this isn't so much of like, Hey, I found a pack of ramen. And it was like, man, I am about to die. I had a pack of ramen <laughs> set off to the side. And then somebody just came in the door with like gourmet Michelin star ramen. 
And yeah. it's just like, yes, yes. Uh, but it like the, the depiction of her last year is just kind of being out there is like the perfect defining point of how hungry she is because Evelyn's a stealth character. Yeah. It, it, she takes on human form so she could eat. And she's so hungry, she can't maintain her human form. Yeah. So it's like, no, she she going through it. She's going <laughs> through it, and this man is finally the thing that she needs to stop being in it. <laughs> yeah, and she's come this far, so she not only follows him this distance, and then she waits for a long time. She waits until the whole family goes to sleep except him. He's in his parlor room. And he has a you know candle in the window, and he's kind of you know reading, chilling, smoking his pipe as you do. And she decides now's the time to pounce. So she walks up slowly to the parlor window, and as she's approaching, she's taking on the form. Remember, this whole time she's in between her demon and wisp form, as Hetch mentioned. So now she's in the form we know her for. And the man, he's not gonna not notice. It's the middle of the night, and his family's asleep, and he's chilling. He's like, oh shit. So she gets his attention, and she, you know, this is another reference back to lore, um, Legends of Runeterra, the card game, and League of Legends, is she basically uses a lure and pulls him towards the window, and he responds exactly as expected. And the moment, and this is something we kind of left out of the last episode on purpose, one big factor is Evelyn likes to get whoever she's hunting to at least touch her. And this is something that happens in a lot of fantasy that deals with succubus or succubus style characteristics of a archetype is that once you touch the creature, it's over. And that's what happens here is he touches her. She then puts her hand on his. And from that point forward, he's certain it's a done deal, right? She knows she's going to eat tonight. She's going to eat good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you can have, like, as many differences as you want into all these kinds of different, like, fantasy uh, characters or archetypes. Uh, But, you know, there are some rules that stay the same, which is, you know, a vampire, you don't let them in your house. The werewolves, you keep, keep, let them hold the silverware. Yeah. All right. Succubus, you don't touch them. (laughs) <laughs> you don't touch no him. touch no touch you do you don't touch him and so then we get the depiction here of like hey homie touched her <laughs> and so then it's just like all right you know what's you know what's gonna happen here it's it's game over you type out gg go next <laughs> evelyn <Yeah>. got fed <laughs> even to the point where if you look at the art that we referenced in uh, evelyn's car in our last episode the lunari priestess touches her and she puts her hand on the Lunari Priestess. And then the following quote is what happens after that point. So, like, listen, they know what they're doing. Riot's crushing it as always. Yeah, yeah. Like, they they have the content. It's here. And they do a good job with it. Uh, and that speaking of doing a good job with it, yeah, they do touch her. We all know what's going to happen to him. But are we done with this story yet? Not quite. Exactly. We hear shuffling. And in comes his wife as this is popping off, and she's checking to see if everything's all right, because, you know, it's super late. And to this, Evelyn has a reaction I did not expect. Uh, She says, it only sweetens the deal. And the final line, this is pretty great, because it kind of leaves it open to interpretation. Um, She asked, is everything okay, love? Asked the man's wife. Everything's going to be wonderful, my darling. The demon answered for the dumbstruck man. Now, one thing I want to know is, did she say it in his voice? Because that would be creepy. 
or did she say it in her own voice? And it's followed by, the deal had become even sweeter and the prospects more enticing. There was one daisy in full flower to pluck and one bulb to bloom while it watched. That is a great way to end a fucking Evelyn story because it makes you think, like, is the woman going to, like, can Evelyn also allure people who are watching her feed or you would expect it to cause fear, right? Like the woman would run away, scream and grab her kids and leave while Evelyn's feeding. Uh, But the way she explains it is as if in the past, this has happened before where you have like a threesome kind of experience, quote unquote. I mean, like, especially if like, if there's a way to where like Evelyn can either restrain the wife or like possibly like have, uh, afflicted the wife with a lure as well to where the wife can't get away. Yeah. Like if the wife is like stuck there, it makes sense that this is perfect for Evelyn because you know, it's a two for one deal all of a sudden, yeah. you know, she went on this hunt, found the dude and it's like, finally I get to eat. And then it's like, what, what kind of pain and suffering is more than watching someone you love yeah. go through pain and suffering yeah so it's like yeah while i'm eating i will be making my next meal like <laughs> like that that's something else man if this, just, like I, I like especially when i'm cooking for myself i love that the idea of like hey i think i have enough here for two portions <laughs> so then you know like I, i'm making it's like i'm making my dinner and then i split half of it into like a little to-go box there's lunch for tomorrow i don't have to worry about crap i'm just gonna heat that sucker up and i'm eating good for two it's, days that, it's that's a great feeling that that's your interpretation because my interpretation was as a child we used to like after mom would cook we would eat dinner while watching the food channel and that was my interpretation of this. <laughs> so I listen, all in all, all it says is that Hetch and I are the same person. <laughs> this is why we need each other for the show. <laughs> so that's where the story leaves off. And we wanted, you know, we kind of want to do a quick touch. Um, on something we'll talk about in the future when we start to get more away from just, you know, bios and stories and closer to when, like, the MMO comes out is the concept of an Evelyn character versus an Ari versus an Elise, right? It's crazy that, I mean, not crazy, but it's interesting that they, League has these three characters, which essentially are based off that same kind of archetype of the succubus style, right? Um, And a concept that comes up when you read all these stories, and we have episodes for these so you don't even have to read them you can go listen to those episodes they're great but when you go through those episodes this is this concept of emptiness regardless of where these characters start their origin and how they end up in the process of feeding constantly one thing that constantly is referenced is that if they don't do what they're doing they feel empty and their quest and what they choose to do is always to fill that emptiness which is a very human thing. And in my opinion, that's what's the connective tissue that makes these characters, you know, intriguing to us. Is like, they're not humans, but there are elements that you can relate to in that, yes, they cause toxic behavior if approached wrong, but the cause is something everyone can relate to, right? I mean, like, specifically in the case of uh, Evelyn here, you say... approached wrong hetch you're different you're broken no wait (laughs) 
and I oh no like I I don't I don't understand why you have to word it that way um but no, but no 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 the, I and I on a serious note I don't yeah. I don't view like the as far as like the the idea of like you know feeling that emptiness and trying to fill the void there yeah. I don't view that as being human I view it as being animalistic mm. like you, you know they're following Humans are animals. Yeah, humans are animals. So, but like, you know, human nature is like this sense of empathy mm. and, you know, complex emotions, which most other animals don't exhibit that. Like, the more that we're learning about animals, the more that we can connect other animals to some of those uh, things. But it's kind of hard to pinpoint, right? Like, this, yeah. this is stuff that we are still learning because humans are constantly learning. Um, whereas, you know, like the need to eat. Like, because especially in the case of Ari and Evelyn and Elise with all three of them, yeah. you know, like this is consumption for them. Uh, like, sure, you know, with Evelyn, it's feeding off a of pain, Ari's human emotion, and Elise just flat out eats people. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like, it, but it's still sustenance. They, in like animal nature is, you know, get sustenance, get rest. <laughs> and reproduce like mm. the, the the it's like those are the three basic things cover them and that's life uh so that that's more of like how i view that void and as far as with these characters in this world i don't view the way that they are that they've become this way as a connection to humans i view it more as a connection to something bigger mm. and so i view it more as a connection to something like the void you know the void is this you know this entity that is bleeding into runeterra yeah. and it has one goal which is total consumption of life right like that's mm -hmm. it and then it like you know there's always like these questions of like sure you know it's a magical realm it's a made-up story yada 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 but you know like if we're trying to think of like how do characters like evelyn get there like what is this perfect storm of these magic energies that kind of create a demon and you know the demon is there to consume on pain and everything a vo the void is a great connection to that like you know what if the void is the way that like that energy even existed so then it's like yeah the pain and suffering is what triggered evelyn into existence but her basic need is consumption and that comes from the void and yeah. that could be the same with like ari uh well i mean ari like is, since ari like has more empathy towards humans because she consumes all of emotion like it it's a little bit more ambiguous but with elise i mean that definitely fits that profile yeah. elise just wants to eat like so elise is hungry and that's that I, I like that approach as well uh, because I, I think it still get it gets to the point where the part that becomes intriguing, because as we've mentioned before, these archetypes have existed forever in fantasy, right? They're just putting their own spin on it. They're not reinventing the wheel. So the you know, what's the furthest part that you can get from that? Because for example, we've mentioned vampires before. We have Vladimir. And we know in most lores, vampires have to feed on blood. And vampires have lived for a long period, or they usually live for long periods of time. And all three of these characters fit that, where like they're essentially immortal, quote unquote. But for Elise, right, what says she has to feed on people besides the concept of morality? Like, what if she chose to feed on animals? For Ari, 
when she chooses in her story, because we actually get a depiction of her changing her appetite, it's like she wants to stop feeding on other people's emotions, start creating her own. So is there a limiter for then a character like Evelyn, even though she's born of pain and suffering and she's done it for millennia, can she change her appetite? And that gives you the, okay, you know, regardless of where you're coming from, um, as far as the philosophy of them, where can it go? And that's where the interesting part is to me is like, okay, there's obviously room for them to change, even though they're not human, because they're interacting with humans or different creatures, because we have, you know, we have demigods, we have gods, we have celestial, we have all that. So is there a place they can go where you start to have, quote unquote, character growth in a unique manner? Right. And and that's why, like, I would be more interested to see if we can get, you know, kind of more pieces that fit into a puzzle. I don't want, like, all the pieces because, like, having these ambiguous questions yeah. is fun. Like, this is these are the kind of fun topics that exist in all fantasy stories. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget, but it's like, you know, like these discussions are fun because it's like, you know, with that, it's like if they are connected to the void, then it's like, no, they can't change because they will always feel that need to consume. Uh, but like, but then if there's not that connection, like Elise could definitely change because, you know, she is just consuming biomass. Like, yep. uh, you know, so anything that's living and breathing is biomass. So she could change up her appetite. But we know that Elise, you know, chose humans because it, for her, it was all a political game in the yep. start. <laughs> so then it's like, oh, well, if I've got this curse on me, might as well take out my enemies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I, I, I don't know. I think like I, I think like that idea of changing is like Ari is definitely like the most obvious pick for that yeah. because, you know, she like we cover that in one of her stories of like, she's actively trying to pursue this concept of change. And so it's more like, does she actually want to change? Like we know that she wants to create her own emotions and her own memories and figure out who she is. But once, if she discovers who she is, does that mean that she's going to want to change from eating emotions? Because it's even described that she's kind of high she's kind of hooked so is she gonna change who knows question mark yeah yeah that like that'd be the more fun one i don't think and i don't think evelyn's going to change it's like you know pain and suffering like you need to have you need to have a more human element to that right like you know we don't we don't get to see too much of like animal like the rest of animal life experiencing like emotional suffering like they they've they experience plenty of physical suffering, yeah. but we don't see the emotional side much. So, but it would be fun to see if like Evelyn gets involved in like, you know, like what if Evelyn gets involved in like on the sidelines of a fight with like the Sentinels of Light, right? Yeah. So then it's like the Sentinels, like Lucian screaming for Senna and like all that pain and destruction, and then f- experiencing the pain that is Viego mourning his lost love who you know flat out killed him yeah because he's a psychopath and then you know it's like this this spirit like the power of a spirit that is basically controlling the entire realm of the dead 
feel that kind of pain and suffering? What if that is enough for everyone to be like, I want more of that. Yeah. Humans don't cut it anymore. I want more of that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that would be a fun storyline of Evelyn trying to like feed off of the like spirits who can't move on. Yeah. And so this is essentially, you know, to, you know, wrap it up, essentially what we hope Riot is doing when they're building the MMO, right? Because we just essentially built an expansion for them. Uh, But it would be cool to have a space where you have these three characters who are different versions of this archetype meet up in some manner and they go through these philosophical things and you as a player get to join them on that journey or try to interfere with that journey. Um, But we wanted to start doing these kind of stuff at the end of some of these story episodes where we have more time uh, and in the future, hopefully their own self-contained episodes. So what do you think about all that? Because that was a lot. Uh, We know that was a lot on top of the story. Uh, But if you have any input, that would be cool to hear. And uh, what do you expect out out of the MMO experience? Right, and that's podcastcore at gmail.com. Like like I said, these are the discussions that are fun to me. Like, this is why I have so much fun reading these kinds of stories. So hit us up because, like, we love those ideas. And also, if, you know, if Riot is listening to this, you know, if you do want to steal that for an expansion, all that I ask is that I get to be an NPC that gets eaten by Evelyn. All right, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> All right. All right. I want to see I want to see Evelyn eat Hetch. All I right? want I want on the record that Necrit is not only in a game. He's in the book <laughs> as a major character and Hetch only wants to be eaten by Evelyn as an NPC. I don't even need voice lines, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> just one just voice line me, of you screaming. Yeah, just let me have this. <laughs> and with that, as always, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. <laughs> hey, take care, everybody.